0: Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. You are tuned in to episode 71 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. And I'm your host, Daryl. And it's... I know I say it sometimes, but it's always crazy to think that you know this thing didn't stop after like five episodes of just being complete dog shit. Um, but we're back, we're back again, and uh, and we're gonna keep doing it. So it's good to good to have you join us. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a good week. It's been a busy week um, since the last time we spoke. Well, it's not even been a week, right? Because we knocked one of these out at, at the end of the week. Last uh, was last Friday or something like that. I can't remember. We're just going, we're just going, and every time we can. Plug in the mic and let's go, right? So um, lots of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff to talk about. But um, wanted to up you, update you guys on uh, the fact that we're now uh, live on Spotify. Uh, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast uh, that we'd submitted. Uh, but obviously now we're, we're up and running on that. Uh, just a couple of little issues with this uh, in terms of the feed doesn't seem to be refreshing with new episodes. So we up, we uploaded the RSS feed at episode 69 or 70 and it hasn't updated or a 69, is it 69? Maybe 68, I can't remember. Anyways, the last episode uh, is not up. So that's episode 70, right? So we're on 71 today. Um, and episode 69 is the last one that's actually on Spotify. So I'm looking into it. I don't really know what the deal is. I don't know if there's like an auto refresh, uh, or if I have to resubmit my RSS feed. I can't, couldn't think that they would make it that clunky of a process, uh, where you'd have to, you know, re re upload your RSS feed every single time, but I'm looking into it and we'll let you know what the deal is, but, uh, but you can definitely check us out on there. Definitely check us out on iTunes as always. And we're currently on uh, SoundCloud as well, uh, but that may be changing in the not too distant future. Just as I said before, uh, we want to know more about the analytics of who's listening, when they're listening, you know, and all the good stuff that shows your engagement with us so we can maximize our production, so we can just know you guys better, respond to you guys better, and come in with the behaviors that you're that you're demonstrating around the show and that'll just make everything a more seamless process when we upload episodes uh you know how long the episodes are etc etc um which is gonna probably go towards us growing and therefore being able to uh discuss potential uh revenue streams for this show uh which is something that's kind of always lingered in the background but it's definitely never been a point of focus um because we just i just like doing the content i just like coming and getting on the microphone and talking to you guys and and, and getting some of my thoughts out there. So um, if, you know, if revenue ever comes of this thing, which it doesn't yet, um, then that would be a great thing. But some changes to be made, some upgrades to do, um, and all of the other things that we've talked about on the show before. Uh, so in... <laughs> it's funny, right? Because... I watch a ton of YouTube, but I watch a very specific amount of content on YouTube, right? So I watch some video podcasts, uh, the news, I get my news of, uh, a lot of it from YouTube, and I don't mean by some fucking guy in his living room telling me what the deal is, or some guy in a, you know, in a closet studio telling me, you know, his opinions on uh, the situation in Syria. I'm talking about, you know, Reuters and the Associated Press and the Press Association and, you know, agencies like this that are unbiased and just report what is actually going on, investigative journalists and citizen journalists, and, you know, that's where I kind of, I, I gather my information from. I certainly do watch the mainstream media as well because it's good to know what kind of slant people are putting on the stories and the topics and the subject matter from both sides. So I watch as much, you know, shitty Fox news as I do shitty CNN news and MSNBC news. And, you know, you have to know where it's coming from at all times. But um, I watch a ton of YouTube, right? Um, I'm into I mentioned before I'm like I'm learning how to play the piano right so I watch a lot of tutorials on on YouTube for that and uh, spring is right around the corner so last year we made our first attempt at like doing a, a completely edible garden to be more self-reliant and self-sufficient and to you know cut down on buying stuff that you don't know where it comes from you don't know what chemicals have been used on just eating a more organic and healthy, Um, and as I said self-reliant life and we have quite a bit of space in our backyard so we're able to grow a decent amount of food for my wife and I and and you know I was picking carrots out of the ground until like three weeks ago from last season so um, I've now stripped everything back and it's time to amend the soil uh, do a bit of a redesign on how I'm going to set the garden up but everything's got to go in pretty soon so I watch a lot of that's completely off the fucking point, but never mind. So I watch a ton of YouTube, and I I watch it around those sorts of subjects. And then, of course, there's other things, documentaries, etc. You know, UFC stuff, you know, the stuff that we talk about. Um, Now, one of the things I'll preface this story with is the fact that I'm in advertising, and I think I've mentioned that before. So I'm in the advertising game and have been for ten plus years. So I understand advertising. I understand why it functions, how it functions, the the need for it, the purpose of it. You know, all of the kind of not all of, but a lot of the intricacies. You know, that are um, that make up the the cogs and the wheels and and the mechanics of of, of advertising. Right. So I get it. I make my living from it. Right. However, the fact that I'm in it also makes me able to comment on it from a quality point of view and from an effectiveness point of view. Now, the reason I bring this up in a very, very long-winded way is to get to the point of telling you about a terrible example of advertising by a company that every one of you will probably know Um, and every one of you will have heard of and probably have seen their ads in one way, shape, or form. The company that I'm talking about is Squarespace. Now, I was gonna start this podcast off as a Squarespace advert and just say this episode of The Quiet Part Loud is brought to you by Squarespace. If you wanna create a custom bespoke website, you know, at the click of a button with drag and drop functionality, Please go to squarespace.com and use the code word quiet, right? Or some shit like that, right? You know, a read. But I thought this is actually pervasive and it's and it's something that's worth talking about in, in, a, real, in a real way. Because advertising can serve a function. It can serve a positive function and it can serve a meaningful function. It can have real life impact on the people that see those adverts. And then it can be just a way to move shirts, shoes, and whatever other product that you have to move. There is a fine line between engagement, feedback, and over like and good exposure and oversaturation. Now, I would say oversaturation and overexposure is the biggest understatement in advertising. F- when we're talking about Squarespace. I have literally not watched an advert on YouTube in the last three months without my pre-roll, mid-roll or post-roll advertising being Squarespace. So I must be a pretty important demographic for them or they're just throwing cash at everybody. Now I assume it's my profile and my viewing habits and things like that and, you know, uh, and the algorithms and the cookies that they hit me with and, and, and that sort of thing. But I only get it on YouTube. I don't get it on desktop. I don't get it on mobile. um, I don't get it anywhere else apart from YouTube. And it's, it's to the point now where I will, like I was, I'm with GoDaddy, right? So I have a couple of websites that I host for my business and for my wife's business. And we use GoDaddy. And I'm not particularly happy with GoDaddy. They bother me. In fact, they called me about three minutes ago and left a voicemail again. And all they want to do is check in and give me a courtesy call. And that is annoying. That's fucking annoying to me. If I need something, I'll get at you. Leave me alone otherwise. If there's a problem with my account, you have my email. Send me an email. I don't want to talk to you guys on the fucking phone because you're just going to try to sell me something. A courtesy call very quickly turns into a sales pitch and I don't want to be sold to. I sell it all day long and I don't want to be sold to. So what I'm saying here is that there is a fine line between effective exposure and oversaturation, but what Squarespace is doing is just ludicrous because what they're doing is actually being, they're becoming a negative, a negatively associated brand. To the point where now I would never use them. I am more reinforced to just stay with GoDaddy out of spite than going towards Squarespace, which may be a better service. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You bombard me. You interrupt my viewing experience, right? Like, I'll watch for, you know, for fun, I'll watch, uh, for fun. Sometimes I'll watch a guy and he's called Eric, uh... Eric Thomas, E.T., the hip-hop preacher, does great motivational speeches, speaks to CEOs and NCAA uh, athletic teams and, you know, so on and so forth. And he was blah, blah, blah. He was broke and, you know, got himself off the street. And now he's one of the biggest motivational speakers in the world. Well, when you're listening to a motivational speech, the last thing you want to have done to that experience is have it interrupted by a fucking Squarespace ad. Why would you do that? Even if, as the owner of that YouTube channel, you employ and activate pre-roll advertising, mid-roll advertising, and post-roll advertising, why do that? Why buy those spaces? And I mean, why buy those spaces if you're a brand? The amount of completion rates on a mid-roll advert is... Not bad because they're generally short, but they're always skippable, right? <laughs> like your messages is not being received. And in terms of the content flow and the value proposition, a fucking Squarespace ad in the middle of a 15 minute video that I'm watching doesn't do anything but ruin that brand's integrity with me. So for me personally, I wouldn't have mid roll as a channel owner on YouTube full stop because I don't like it. I know it gets high like engagement rates because you're in the middle of a fucking video so you have no choice but to watch it i get that but i would imagine the skip uh skip ad functionality on mid-roll advertising is in the 90% it's got to be upwards of 90% if not more and I haven't done I haven't done the check on that specific metric um, but it has to be astronomical right Like just like pre-roll like if you do anything other than an automatic skip on pre-roll or if you do anything that's outside of a five second format on your skippable ad, you're gonna lose your metrics are gonna be dog shit. When was the last time that anybody in shot of my voice watched a two minute, pre-roll mid-roll or post-roll advert on youtube when the option to skip that ad was available after five seconds did you what what was the last ad you stayed on and watched for the whole entire thing so one of the metrics in advertising is called completion rate and completion rate is being manipulated now to include some of these skippable formats and it's just a it's just a way of gaming the system and trying to drive up the value of that proposition and that unit and that position it's all garbage but my point of this whole thing is that there is a there is a point where you start to beat your brand backwards and do damage to your brand rather than uh positively reinforce it with the audience that you truly like i understand they want me to be a customer They probably have my details from some data list that they bought or whatever. Um, You know, YouTube probably know via my Gmail account that I am with GoDaddy and therefore the competitor, you know, they've cookied me and therefore their competitor, which is Squarespace, just inundate me with ads. I get the business structure. I get the targeting functionality. I'm in this thing. But what I don't get is the frequency. The lack of frequency capping on a certain brand in a certain amount of time. Like for instance, if somebody runs a campaign with me, we do a frequency cap that says show a single user this many of my ads in a 24 hour period and no more and no less if possible. So while the pacing is at full tilt, I don't want one person, I don't want one single user to see my advert more than say two times in 24 hours or four times in 24 hours or whatever it may be if I watch 10 videos on YouTube that are three minutes long so you know half an hour's worth of viewing I'm going to see Squarespace on every single one of those videos guaranteed I've, I've checked it over the last week or so and it's a guarantee so I wonder what their thinking is as a company because there is good advertising you can do there is smart advertising that you can do Right? Some of these creative design studios are doing really, really cool stuff. Some of these, you know, some of these brands are now doing experiential stuff. And some of these brands are now doing community engaged stuff, UGC stuff, which is quite cool. Some brands are doing long form. There was a point in time, I think last year or the year before, where a couple of, like a beer brand, maybe it was Estrella, <coughs> where they were pouring in like a ton of money into like Peter Dinklage and, uh, what's the guy's name uh Jean- Renault the actor Renault you know um from uh from from the what is it the player the I can't remember the name of it he's in Ronin with De Niro as well um they were doing long form content almost like short stories in the form of you know in, in the form of an advert but there was like a narrative and there was like production value to it and it was really kind of cool right um there are good things that can be done with advertising, but just running the same three pieces of creative. One is hands laid on top of tiles, and then they make a website out of it, right? It frames around the hands, and it's like, oh, this guy's, this person's boutique. Then there's another one where there's this black dude doing box jumps, and it's like, oh, for personal training services. And then there's another one that is... Um, Fuck, what is it? I can't even remember. It's just, I, it's gone. But there's like three versions of the creative and they're all pretty shit. Um, and I, I just, I'm a bit confounded by it because I, it's, it's at the point now where it's made me come on here and talk about it for 15 minutes. And as I said to you before, this is a perfect example of, of, of just advertising gone wrong. To the point where even somebody in the industry who can recognize it for what it is just is turned off by the whole brand because they have no attention to detail. Whoever's running their campaign and spending that marketing money, like it's obviously going to be, uh, <coughs> you know, a CPM value. They're running so much, so they're probably getting a low, uh, a low rate on it. But whoever the marketing manager is for Squarespace should be fucking fired because you're shit at your job. Whoever you are and I could look you up and find you out and name you but there's no point in doing that. Let's just say whoever runs the advertising, the online advertising and marketing for Squarespace is dog shit at their job and they're doing bad for the brand. And they're ruining what integrity that brand had. Because when that brand came out, it was cool. It was kind of like, do you know what Squarespace is? Like, it's this fucking website. And you can just drop all your shit in there. Like, basically, they they were like, if you can send an email and attach a document to an email, you can make your own website. And now it's got nothing to do with that. It's just, here's an example template. Here's an example template. Here's an example template. It's dog shit. And it is, <coughs> it is one of the most prominent forms of advertising gone wrong in my opinion online today. So I just wanted to vent on that because it's kind kind of like it's what I do and 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 I'm very careful about oversaturation of a client to an audience because that could be really detrimental right the last thing you want to see last thing you want to hear out of a potential customer's mouth is oh not that fucking advert again because that's just dead you've not got that and then you just keep feeding them so you guys have been feeding me this square space for the last month or so and it's just gotten to the point now where i've got to i've got to bring it up so we'll see it's not going to change though because they don't care right this again it's this incompetency thing they're just like yeah let it run oh what audience metrics are we hitting oh that's who exactly who we're supposed to be hitting it's ridiculous anyways You know, advertise, talking about advertising, fucking the other thing that the other thing I find hilarious is Instagram, right? Like Instagram ads are basically just taking over your newsfeed now. The same with um, the same with Facebook, like Facebook, I'm barely on anymore. I just go on there, post some stuff for the podcast and then that's it. But uh, those news feeds are effectively so Instagram is one in five for all accounts. On, uh, and I I don't mean all their accounts, I mean on all accounts. So, from what I've seen, by all accounts, from my looking at it, one out of every five posts that you see on your Instagram feed is an advert. That's 20% of the entire content that you're viewing is an advert. Like really, really poor, right? Like it's just, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And you got two forms of advertising on Instagram because you've got your just general inserted ad posts and then you've got your influencer and I put that in quotes, influencer. Like what is an influencer? Who are you influencing as a bikini model that takes 40 pictures a day or posts 40 pictures a day. Of your ass. With some philosophical or s- pseudo motivational post. About your introspective views on life, society, motivation, health, and well-being. That you've basically just stolen from somebody else anyways. And then you're holding up a fucking protein shaker. And it says paid for by. Or hashtag advert. I mean... Give me a break. Who do you think you're fooling? Can you hear my cats in the background? Sorry, I don't usually pause. But I had to pause because that crying in the background that you probably heard would not have stopped um, if I didn't get up and feed my cats. So, um, yeah, I live in a house that is run by animals. I just reside here and uh, and sleep here. That's it. So I spend a few hours a day and then end up sleeping here. But this, this is the cats in the dog's house, you know? So... Had to feed them because they wouldn't have stopped their incessant whining um, unless I did. So uh, it's very, very strange living with animals. You understand that they have an internal clock that is as precise as a Rolex. Like you can bet your ass at 1 o'clock on the button my cat is crying for food because that's when he's fed. And he knows that and he's got that dialed in. Just like breakfast and dinner they don't bother you but when it's time for food you're gonna fucking hear about it so anyways i don't know where i was but that's um that's my massive rant on advertising and like instagram models and shit like that um so sorry for taking up 20 minutes of your time that, but maybe you learned something i don't fucking know but it's just pathetic because the shit is so transparent so obvious and they think they're fooling people like Anna Sherry for instance on Instagram it's like do I think you're anything that other than a spokesperson for as many fitness brands and nutrition brands and bikini wear that that, like you you basically put out the closest thing to nude photos as you possibly can and then say paid advert for uh you know super shaker or something like that Or Herbalife, like fucking something, you know? It's like, what are you doing? So these people are getting wiped off of my feed. I don't want any of this garbage anymore. Um, The last advert I saw online that was actually applicable to me, with all the targeting and all the cookies and all my search history and all the data that these people gather on users, the most appropriate thing that I've been served in the last ever, (laughs) you know, ever, is, uh, is a site where I can make custom, uh, boxing gloves for myself, change the color, add logos, that kind of shit. I thought that was really cool because the demo of the link out allows you to play with it and, and like, it's really fluid and it's super easy to use. I think it's called infinite tube infinitude or something like that. Um, fucking awesome. I'm into boxing right now. I've picked up my boxing. I, I you know, I, I hit the pads and 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 I and I do bag work like for cardio and for conditioning and stuff like that when I'm working out. And I do that about three or four times a week. And in the past month, I've bought or no, probably in the I've been doing it now for a couple of months. So in the past couple of months, I bought um, a couple of pairs of boxing gloves online pair of adidas pair of random no names that I like the color and design of but I'm now I'm like oh fucking if I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep doing it for my exercise then maybe I should get a pair of my own and it was perfect it was like it was serendipitous but it wasn't because they got the algorithm right and they targeted the right people in the right places based on the right kind of content so it can be done correctly. But anyways, I'm gonna stop talking about advertising now because ultimately we do want to monetize this show, and I love adverts because I'm in that business, baby. So if uh, if you're interested in uh, in sponsoring the Quiet Part Loud podcast, give me a shout, hit us up on Twitter, or Facebook, and uh, and we'll talk. <laughs> um, but I'm not compromising. I'm still gonna talk shit, and if you're a bad product, I'm not working with you. So integrity, right? Integrity. I guess beggars can be choosers. <laughs> um what else is going on oh el chapo el chapo got found guilty on every single charge against him in court in new york like in other news uh if you stand in the rain you're gonna get wet right like could there be anything that was more like predetermined? like was there ever a chance that he was gonna get off of any of these charges, so now they're saying now that he's been guilty. He's going to f- be pretty much sentenced to life. Um, you know, it came out in the trial that you know there's there's uh, allegations that he paid off the Mexican president a hundred million dollars to kind of turn his head. Um, you know all of these things about you know the one guy who's called what was he called pipsqueak or something like that or or or, or uh or, 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 i can't remember what his fucking name was but you know he's like 20 something years old killed 150 people like just insane carnage and destruction and devastation in this fucking guy's wake um so it looks like he's going to he's going to be spending his time in the Alcatraz of the Rockies is what they're calling the the jail that he's going to apparently be spending the rest of his life in. Um, So I think they want to indicate by calling it that that he's not going to be slipping out under a toilet into a tunnel with a motorcycle on it like he did on a previous occasion. Um, This little motherfucker, man, most powerful gangster in the world, just nabbed because his fucking IT guy Got caught up with the FBI. Like, got flipped, man. (laughs) The fucking IT guy got you, right? Capone got done for taxes. El Chapo gets done by his IT guy. He set up an encrypted network so El Chapo could talk uh, to like, I think 15, I think he did like 15 phones or 50 phones or something like that. And he like put this special encryption on it and set up his house computers and things like that (coughs) but he found a glitch in it and he had been like approached by the fbi or something and he was like actually to save my ass or whatever the fuck they said um i can give you guys a way in (laughs) so he was just like created a back door that he or he'd already created that back door or he would found that back door and then made them aware of it Either way, he got brought down by a fucking tech geek, um, and brought the whole goddamn empire to its knees. Basically, you know. I just I find it I find like I find it kind of like ironic and hilarious that a guy with this much power and this much wealth and this much influence gets taken down by a bad server setup, like a bad connection a fucking back door in his, in his firewall or some, whatever you call it. I don't fucking know, but you know, <laughs> this guy's making 50 million a week and he gets brought down by a computer glitch. What are we talking about? This is insane. But anyways, he's going away. And, uh, funnily enough, uh, old, uh, Ted Cruz has come out and said, I know how we can fund the wall. Let's use his money, right? So they want to take El Chapo's assets and redirect those funds (coughs) towards the construction of Trump's border wall. Not happening, by the way, Ted. Like, you idiot. That's not how it works. Um, I just, like, these guys, man, these people in America are just, they're the most outlandish idiots. Like, it's insane to me. Like, why would Ted Cruz even say that? I, anyways, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, $100 million to the to the Mexican president. Ted Cruz wants $100 million to build the wall because he thinks that that's going to stop the flow of, like, obviously illegal migration, drug trafficking, human trafficking, etc. But El Chapo, the trial for El Chapo highlighted clearly That the land border is not how they move massive quantities of drugs into this country. It is by tunnels, so a wall's not gonna do fuck all, by sea, and by air. Because you're not gonna strap 50 pounds of cocaine to a car and have that as your primary method of distribution in an empire that makes 50 million a week. Are you out of your mind? It's just such a stupid thing to even think. And Trump is sitting there and he's like, you know, we need a wall, we need a wall, we need a wall. And then he concedes. To end the shutdown, he's like, Alright, I don't need five billion. Give me, give me one and a half, and we'll call it, we'll call it even, and then we'll, we'll get cracking on things. It's like, what kind of fucking negotiator are you? The fact that you proposed this thing as a major campaign promise was a, was a dumb move anyways. Because what you thought was you could capitalize on something that was pretty well favored by both sides. You know, tougher border security and, you know, some physical barriers in places where patrols couldn't go or something like that. Nobody's arguing any of these points, by the way. But when you stand up there like some asshole saying, you know, border, you know, we're, we're building the wall, we're gonna, Mexico's definitely gonna pay for it, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be coast to coast like butter and toast, you know, it's like you sound like an asshole, and it's not achievable, and everybody knows it's not achievable, yet you just continue to spew this garbage rhetoric. And then you end up conceding on it, so now you look like a weak idiot. And then compound that, you keep going at the media, and then you say, "Oh, you know what? I, I want to be more pragmatic about this. I, I wish, you know, I wish somebody would just write a good story about me once in a while." But it's always fake news, and it's always a, an attack on me. And it's like, how about doing something worth congratulations? Do something worth kudos, and I'm sure you will get it. But literally nothing he has done has been positive. And I had this conversation with somebody the other day. And they're like, all you do is slam this guy. All you do is talk shit about this guy. And I'm like, well, I'd love not to spend my time. And I think I mentioned this on a podcast previously. I'd love not to spend my time on this guy and talking about something else. But you have to talk about it because... Of the massively dysfunctional person he is. The massively dysfunctional policies he tries to employ. And I didn't even touch Russia. Or Roger Stone. Or the Muslim ban. Or the rhetoric he said in the past about different ethnicities. And the way he's insulted people. I didn't even say anything about that. We were talking about policy. But you see him at this El Paso rally, you know, because he's trying to be down there getting, getting, getting people riled up for the wall. Right. And, you know, the way they shoot it and the way they make it look, it seems like there's thousands of people, (coughs) like tens of thousands of people. So Beto, um, who said he's not running for president, held an anti-border wall rally. The numbers have come out. Trump got 6,500 people at his rally after announcing it like a week and a half ago, if not longer. Beto O'Rourke basically did an impromptu one and got like ten to 12,000. So he doubled the attendance. I don't understand why this idiot, if he's such a populist as everybody said he was, why he wouldn't listen to this kind of echoing from the citizenry of America who are absolutely not in favor of his proposal. So at this rally, he's also slamming the media still. Enemy of the people, fake news, they're after me in this witch hunt. This is terrible. And he's riling all these fucking idiots up because I'm sorry, I didn't want to... I didn't want to go down this route. I never wanted to go down the route of, like, calling a Trump voter an idiot or a redneck, right? Someone who doesn't know their head from their asshole, right? And I reserved that. I didn't do that. So I didn't fault you for being a Trump voter. If you voted for Trump, I get it. I can, in a lot of circumstances, I understand your pain, your plight, and why you would have voted for a guy like Trump. Totally get it. You didn't like Hillary. She was clearly corrupt. The things she did to the DNC and to Bernie Sanders were disgusting. I get it. You weren't ready for a woman. I get it. All right. All your reasons, whatever they are, I get it. If you voted for him, okay. That is not my issue. My issue now is with all the policies that have been enacted or tried to be enacted, that you can still openly support this guy. And look yourself in a mirror and say, yeah, you know what? I think he's the best thing for this country right now. And I think he's the best thing for the future. Because if you are of that mindset, you are categorically misguided in terms of what he's been doing. You're misinformed about what he's planning to do. You're misinformed about what what his intentions are. And that doesn't make you a credible voice in the conversation or the debate. Because you have to look at the facts. And the facts are... That what he's done is detrimental, both on a policy, from a policy perspective, from a social perspective, from an environmental perspective, from a foreign relations perspective, you name it. People are like, well, the economy's booming. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. And we've talked about this before. He is not the cause of this uptick. He may have exacerbated it a little bit. But he is not the cause of this uplift in, in, uh, in economic growth, okay? He's also not the catalyst for a reduction of unemployment, okay? Again, these things were started before he even uh, announced his presidency, his run for presidency. So I don't want to hear it, okay? His tax plan has only worked for the richest of rich. Go and ask the average man on the street or woman on the street or pensioner how their income has been affected by the trump tax cut because i would hazard guess you would get one of two answers one not at all or two badly and again this is something that we talked about on the podcast a long long time ago and i said you wait his trade war fundamentally failing fundamentally failing you want a perfect example go talk to a soybean farmer in the Midwest of, uh, of America and ask them what their profit margin has been cut by because some of them will tell you fucking up to 90% and they're losing hundreds of thousands a month because of this, right? Socially, we ha- th- the country has not been more divided. In part, in large part, due to the rhetoric that comes out of his mouth against, you know, Democrats or liberals or, you know, Uh, The media, let's say, because, you know, it was only, you know, after the 15th attack on the media at the El Paso rally that one of the um, audience members turned to a BBC cameraman and started assaulting him. Screaming, fuck the media. After repeated, repeated remarks from Trump about... The media being garbage, being biased, being fake, being corrupt, being an enemy of the people. And he says he's not responsible for the attacks that certain journalists, or in this case, a camera operator, suffer at the hands of these lunatics that still openly support him and think his policies are a positive thing. Get out of here. You don't have credibility in this conversation anymore. I'm sorry. I cannot justify entering into a conversation with people who think Trump is fundamentally doing a good job because that is just a delusional point of view. The facts do not hold up. They do not substantiate your claim. And I'm not willing to entertain a, you know, an opinionated based argument as fact, which is all these fucking people have. It's all they have. And just their stupid talking points run over and over and again on repeat. It's just a joke. Um, Now, I was listening to Andrew Yang, who most people won't know exists. Uh, Even less people will know that he's running for president. Um, But he is. And from all accounts, he's a proponent of universal basic income. And... It's a really interesting discussion that he's having about the direction of the country, and I really liked what he had to say. I heard him on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and I thought there were some really interesting bits in terms of you know how it would be funded, the net cost of it, um, how it would be uh, um, how it would be rolled out, uh, some of his visions for you know. Uh, alternate metrics of success in terms of, you know, wellness and things like that. Some really interesting stuff, really smart guy, uh, business-minded, knows his stuff, very data-driven by his own account, and uh, and seemed like a very, very good speaker. Some tinges of Obama in him, if I'm being completely honest with you, when I first started to hear Obama speak uh, before he came on most people's radar. Um, I've not seen him speak in public, which I'll be doing uh, subsequently to this, I'll be having a little look into him a little bit more because again, I like to, I like to keep afloat of American politics because it's important to the rest of us too, right? Now we can sit here and talk about Brexit all day long, but what's the truth of the matter? The truth of the matter is that <coughs> I think Theresa May is so fucked, because she hasn't been able to negotiate a proper deal with the Irish Backstop and the Customs Union that she's going to retire soon. So I'm expecting that to happen. I'm expecting uh, the calls for a second referendum to amplify. And I'm expecting some major indecisions. And I don't expect us to be leaving the EU on the 30th, or 29th of March. Just a couple of... Uh, guesses from me. We'll see how they turn out. Uh, anyways. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about again is it, it, we're staying a bit with American politics here because the Brexit thing is a fucking clusterfuck and, and you know to sit here just talking about this, that and the other thing. It's it's so redundant now. And it's so, it's such a it's such a highlighted ex, um, exercise in just futility and incompetence and not listening to the people that pay your fucking check. I'm I'm as sick of talking about that as I am about Donald Trump. But again, as I said to you guys before, these are the fucking issues of the day. You know, what do you want me to do? You want me to start talking about China and how they're running a, you know, a systematic campaign of genocide against Muslims? You want to talk about that? I can talk about that. So these are the things that affect us. My primary audience that you guys need to be aware of. And that's why I talk about them. That's why I keep putting this stuff on blast and showing the absurdity of the process, the absurdity of politics, and encouraging you guys to have a voice and to speak out about stuff. Be fucking mad. Be angry. It's your world. But the last thing I want to talk about is saying with American politics, and it's with um, one of the new... Uh, One of the new congresswomen over in the U.S. that's been elected. And she's the first Muslim uh, woman in Congress. First woman to wear a hijab in Congress. Um, I'm talking about Ilhan Omar. Who is the uh, congresswoman from Minnesota, if I'm correct in that. Um, So she came out and she's been vocal in her criticism of Israel and the way the U.S. um, affiliates and interacts and protects Israel and the fact that nobody talks about, you know, Israel's systematic, uh, you know, weeding out, killing uh, of the Palestinians, the illegal occupation that's been currently going on for 50 years, um, you know, and all the things around that. And if you speak out against Israel in America or pretty much anywhere, you are considered anti-Semitic, right? Which I think is just one of the great tricks that have been played on society and such a PR job because if you don't know, Israel have a have a committee of public perception, right? It's a foundation of public perception or something like that. But it's a committee that is employed by the government of Israel to uh, run positive PR for the Israel state, um, for its, you know, protection against Hamas and Palestine, you know, and give just shining a positive light on it no matter where you happen to be. It's obviously been super effective. Because, you know, that along with the influence of the Jewish community and business and industry around America and the UK and so on and so forth is tremendous. But to ignore Israel as a occupying state, an, illegally, an illegal force occupying another sovereign nation, if you ignore that point, you are ignoring truth. You're not being anti-Semitic. By pointing this out. You are not being anti-Semitic by saying that there is a... What would you call it? A pogrom? Or something like that. Like, there is a a subjugation going on of the Palestinian people that is causing a slow and drawn-out genocide of that community. They are being attacked, harassed, their supplies are cut off, they are rationed out with energy and water and, you know, the bare essentials you need to live... And to run a community and a society in a peaceful and functional way, they're being cut off from. Everything that goes through to Palestine in Gaza or the West Bank goes through Israel. They had their first mail delivery like last year for the first time in like, I don't know, was it like three years or something or like fucking eight months? Either way, it's kind of as in when they, the Israeli government allow it through. So anybody that says a criticism against the Israeli government is an anti-Semitic hate speech against Jewish people and the Jewish community is trying to incite violence. And it's trying to unnecessarily incite racism as a cause. And it's complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. Because it is not Islamophobic. And I think this was actually a title of one of our podcasts in the past. It is not Islamophobic to criticize Israel. It is. Ju- it just isn't. Benjamin Netanyahu is currently under investigation for corruption. The Mossad are, you know, known for certain types of actions. You know, um, it's... It's not anti-Semitic to criticize Israel and the things that they're doing to Palestine. It's also not anti-palestinian to criticize Hamas. But this is this is this is a nuclear, this is a nuclear armed country that is systematically taking apart, another country that it is illegally occupying where it has already stripped that community down to its bare essentials which is why you'll see protests at the Israel-Palestinian border and one side has drones and the other side is throwing pebbles and rocks and firebombs and things like that while the other the other side have sniper rifles so the subjugation that the Palestinian people are experiencing, the bullying, the 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 systematic like ju- killing and abuse that they face every day—if you point that out, you're not anti-Semitic. You're telling the fucking truth. So I'm right with the congresswoman from Minnesota, Miss Omar. I am with her in her criticism, in her. Criticism, not only of Israel as a state and their treatment towards Palestine, but also the way the American government panders to the Israeli community and Israel as a whole. I am right with her in that criticism. Just like I'm right with Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. I always get her name wrong because it's double-barreled. It makes me think long. (laughs) Um, When she did her five-minute quick round, lightning round, with the... uh, with with the with the folks on the committee the other day and she was like if if I wanted to do bad things as a bad guy this is how I could do it right and they basically just confirmed campaign finance corruption like this is the type of shit we need we don't just need it in America we need it here cuz if you look around the house of commons or the house of lords or anything like that it is a very very specific demographic of people there's a little sprinkling of others but that's an old hat institution that needs to get modernized with modern people, fresh ideas, and policies that listen to the people of this country. Change is coming. I just hope it doesn't swing back too far in the other direction. So that's my thoughts for today, guys. Got a little heavy at the end there with the Israel stuff, but uh, you know that's the way shit goes from time to time. Um, we're just under an hour, and... I'm 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 kind of more easy with things these days in terms of how we're going to do these shows and you know the duration of them and the content of them and you know I want to get everything right and I want to get everything smooth but this is the most important bit right if you guys don't like listening to the shit that I talk about then you're not going to press play or press download and without that I'm just I'm talking to I'm talking to an empty room all right talking to an empty phone Because there's a fucking dead man on the other end of this line. What's that? What's that from? You don't know nothing about that. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm talking to an empty telephone. Because there's a fucking dead man on the other end of this line. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, Google it. And do yourself a favor. Educate yourself on one of the best films of all time. And I'm out on that note right? Until next week. What day is it today? It's Wednesday night. Okay, so I was going to do another one on Friday, but I'm not going to be able to because I've got some business obligations that I have to take care of. That said, I've got some things in the works. I'm really trying to push for a fucking amazing interview, Um, but we'll see how it transpires because uh, when, when, when this guy can command. When this guy can go on a podcast that has 100 million users, 100 million listeners, the, the fact that he's, you know, coming over to me for a couple of thousand, you know, it might be a push. But I'm working on some shit. So um, I'll keep you informed on that. I won't be back on Friday, but I'm going to try to get one done on the weekend. If not, Monday. Maybe. And worst case scenario, I'll be back next Wednesday. But you'll definitely hear from me again. So you can set your clocks by that schedule. <laughs> um, right. We're out of here, guys. Um This is episode 71 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I don't know what we're going to call it, but we're going to call it something. Um, I'm your host, Daryl, and it's just a pleasure to be here, guys, and thanks for listening. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the show. I never thought we'd get to 71. I didn't even think we'd get to 17 um, let alone 71, but we're pushing towards hundred guys. And, uh, and I think that's going to be, you know, kind of the end of the trial run, put that in quotations. Um, and then we're going to really step things up, put some more investment around this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm looking into it all the time. Um, so, uh, as, as I improve, we all improve and, uh, the show improves and, and hopefully you guys will get, you know, the best product that we can, that we can put out. So, um, that's it for now guys. So enjoy the rest of your week. Um, have a great weekend and as soon as I can I will be back here to drop another one on you um, sooner rather than later so I love you guys thanks for listening get us uh, on all the new places uh, on all the download places so iTunes Spotify now um, and uh, SoundCloud as well SoundCloud is always the first link but then we put out the other ones if you need to but the best thing to do is to subscribe to those things. Subscribe to those feeds and you'll get them. You know, you get the notifications on, automatic downloads, all that stuff. And on that note, I'm going to start rambling. So I'm out of here. Until next time, guys, all the best.